0: Father, we thank you for tonight as we're going to be dealing with this particular subject about Jezebel spirit, but Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word, and Lord, we just pray tonight that this the heavens are open that your glory be awesome, that you would anoint and speak through me everything that needs to be said. Father, I pray that there would be such an anointing on this word because of the important content that's here, and Lord, that your Holy Spirit, like the winds of the Spirit, will blow this out among the nations and make sure it gets everywhere it needs to go. Lord, let there be such an anointing on it Lord, that will break through and penetrate and get where it needs to go and accomplish that which it needs to do and lord i pray that um this will be like a hammer that's going to break down every stronghold a sword that's going to penetrate lord it's going to be the washing of the water the word of god as it purifies your people but also let this be as living seeds of truth Jesus taught the parable of the seed and the sower that everyone that's hearing this your Holy Spirit move upon us and Help us to be good soil that our minds will not be distracted but locked in that our hearts will be in tune with you Lord our Eyes and ears will be anointed that we can see and hear maybe what we couldn't have before but the Holy Spirit's moving upon us and giving us revelation and let this go out as living seeds sown into that good soil water by the Holy Spirit take root grow And produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. Lord let this be anointed and powerful and fruitful. And everything's going to be accomplished that your will to be done through it. And Lord we pray tonight. Jesus taught us the birds of the air try to steal the seed. So Lord we take authority and we bind up anything and everything of the devil. That would try to hinder or distract or take away from this sermon in any way. We command to be bound right now and back off in Jesus name and Lord let your mighty angels clear all that out and everything will be as it's supposed to be in the name of Jesus so we thank you for it now amen all right so as I'm dealing with this tonight it came to me interesting that it came to me that you know here recently we did this time of fasting as a church and you know at the end of that obviously the communion table we anointed people with oil prayed over you and the water immersion but what came to me was that jesus after he was water immersed he was clothed with power you remember that and the bible says the holy spirit came upon him like a dove and i don't i personally don't believe that means like a like an actual physical bird Um, I believe what it meant is the Holy Spirit came gently on him like a dove is gentle but John uh, the Baptist was the only one that saw that but the Holy Spirit clothed the Lord and he went forth in the power of the Holy Spirit after that and what I believe is that we as a ministry as we've been praying and fasting and consecrating our lives like we've done that there has been like a clothing of power that has come And I believe the Spirit of the Lord is coming upon this ministry like never before. Did y'all hear me? Hope I'm not losing anybody. The Holy Spirit is beginning to clothe us like never before. And Jesus, though, after that, went into a high level of spiritual warfare. Do you remember that? And I felt the Lord saying that, remember I talked about this in the last series I did, but that Satan might try new strategies and to keep your eye on that and be aware of it okay don't let your guard down now's not the time for that because we've been praying and we've been fasting we've been going after god man and god is going to be clothing us in power like never before i believe that that's already happening god is clothing us with power there's a new level coming and the enemy may try new tactics but they're not going to work just keep your eyes open And isn't it interesting as well that after Jesus faced the devil and he overcame, that the first miracle that he did now on the other side of the Jordan experience was he cast out a demon. See, a lot of people don't realize that. In today's Americanized Christianity, a lot of things are watered down and taken away from, but Jesus' deliverance ministry was the very first thing that took place after he was clothed with power. And I love this, but Derek Prince talked about this. He said, you know, Jesus knew what he was doing. His ministry is the model, and he knew what he was doing. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. What would it be like if everybody has a call in their life would just do what they see the father doing and quit trying to do it man's way? And Jesus went under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What would happen if everybody quit trying all these gimmicks And business strategies and entertaining and all these different things and all this advertisement and marketing and all this stuff and would just get clothed with the anointing of the Holy Ghost like Jesus was Jesus went around casting out demons and praying for the sick what would it be like if we would quit with all the other stuff the fluff and all these different programs we got 10 steps to this and 12 to this what would happen if we just started praying for people and believing God for miracles to deliver them and heal them I think a lot of those things wouldn't even be necessary anymore amen but Satan has been stealing from the church from day one a man has a tendency in in great pride to try to improve on or change what Jesus' model of ministry was And I believe that the Lord knew what he was doing and there's no way that we're going to be able to improve upon it. That's just my opinion about it. And so what we need to do is we need to look to Jesus' ministry. He even said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. We need to be looking to Jesus' ministry as, look, he did this and we need to be seeing this today. But there's a group of people that the word is called cessation And they believe everything died with the early church. And now we live on the other side of that. I feel sorry for those people. Because when they get sick, they have no hope for healing. Um, It's sad. But I believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. If somebody's changed, it wasn't the Lord. It's the people. So Satan has been stealing. And this is one of the things that has really concerned me. and and when I say this I mean on a personal level like part of maybe my calling but I have a deep burden about this like a deep intercessory burden but I have such a burden for the fact that Satan has been stealing revival and Pentecost on a widespread scale from the American church I understand north of the of our country you know there may not have been as much Pentecost but here in the south there's there's been a lot of pentecost and people down here know you can talk to some older people but it's sad because a lot of places that used to be spirit-filled and have power in it they've gotten away from that and there's a generation coming up that doesn't know the power of god they've never seen a healing they've never seen a demon cast out of anybody and they've never experienced the power of god for themselves And that's part of the problem. They don't have a personal encounter with the Lord. And they've never seen the reality of the word of God. And I'm here to tell you, I hope that you can say the same thing, but I've seen many demons cast out of people. I've seen demons manifest. I've seen demons speak with a man's voice through a woman's body and then leave with a shriek at the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've seen it with my eyes. I've seen the sick healed many times. And I've seen and experienced the power of God. And I've seen and experienced the power of Pentecost. And I'll never forget, I grew up around Pentecost, but got away from the Lord. And when God brought me back to him real powerfully, that I had you know, went to the Brownsville Revival, and I thank God so much that he led me there, because that was the most life-changing experience in my life that I've ever had to this day. But I remember just being there and feeling the power of God in the atmosphere. It was electric. And I remember when Steve gave that altar call, there was an anointing that I remember just weeping. And I'd never been there before, and I didn't even really know why I was weeping. But the power of God was so strong up in a balcony just at an altar call that I was just weeping under the power of God. And I remember going down and getting prayer prayer. And it was just a random altar worker and prayed for me and I was thrown back under the power and I was baptized in fire. And that has never left me to this day. And that's been 1996 is when that happened. And here we are in 2019. But see, the Apostle Paul was such a religious person and, and he really believed in his religious zeal that he was serving the Lord. That's the great deception of this religious spirit that you see in a lot of people's lives. They're zealous, like Paul was, and they really believe that that anti-Holy Spirit thing that they're about, they persecute, make fun of revival, et cetera, et cetera, totally against the gifts. They really believe in their zeal that they're right, but all they are is a religious Pharisee, just like Paul was. They're as blind as a bat, spiritually, and they're an enemy of the Holy Ghost. And Paul would have continued down that road had not Jesus interrupted him. But Paul had such an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ for himself that here he was riding on a donkey. Think about what I'm saying. Don't let it just kind of gloss over you. Paul was hit by the power of God. Everybody say hit by the power. He was confronted with the power of the risen Christ and that power of the Holy Ghost hit him. He was thrown to the ground and he had an encounter with Jesus Christ that encounter that one encounter with the power of god changed him so much he went from being a murderer and the exact opposite of what he became i mean it was a 180 now he became the great apostle paul who had a love for christians planted churches and was willing to die for christ and he did and think about what i'm saying One power encounter with Christ for himself turned him from being that into somebody that was willing to die for Christ. And he did die for Christ. That is what Satan does not want in church. Because he knows when people have their own personal encounter with Christ they will never be the same. I remember I was talking to Steve Hill, and I said, you know, it was weird. It was just him and I was saying that whatever happened to me at Brownsville is still burning in me, and I still feel that same hunger. I was talking to him in 2003, and that happened in 96, and I was telling him that, and he said, it won't ever die, and it never has. And that's something that's a burden in me right now because I see a generation coming up that it's deliberately being kept away from them by churches and religious leaders. And it is the one thing they need more than anything else is some kind of an encounter with the risen Christ for themselves. That they're not just talking about mom and dad's Jesus. They have an encounter with Jesus for themselves. They have their own testimony. and years ago pentecostals understood that people people that grew up in in spirit-filled circles would have a list of testimonies of times that god supernaturally healed them supernaturally healed their kids i mean it's like testimony after testimony after testimony people would talk about the church service that many came down in the altars and, and just tarried and prayed and the Holy Spirit fell. People you know, were baptized in the Holy Ghost and laid under the power of speaking in tongues. Some of them could not speak in English for days. They just tongues kept coming out. And what's sad is, is I'm saying this to people that have never heard these stories. This should be normal. We should have went from glory to glory instead of backsliding back into some dead religion. But anyway, I'm believing God to do something here in Dallas that's going to break open to where a generation of younger people and those that want it that are, are older, but usually these great revivals really affect the younger generation. But I'm believing God to reintroduce his people to Pentecost again. And young people have their encounter all right well I'm, i need to get off that and get on to the jezebel spirit but that jezebel is one of the great enemies of revival and i it just so happens this week you know robert sliardin posted about the woman that basically single-handedly almost i think that she was probably about 90 percent of the reason why the Assusa street revival stopped you know she was used of the devil to uh, for whatever reason steal all their mailing lists that they had and um and people thought the revival is over quick coming and and it was a jezebel spirit rose up and same thing with evan roberts in in the welsh revival he was under an attack i can only imagine but a woman by the name of jesse pen lewis took him out of the revival and it it was a jezebel spirit and that that jezebel spirit was single-handedly pretty much ended the welsh revival so jezebel is is an enemy of revival and i want you to think about this um the jezebel spirit in the days of elijah what god was doing in the earth he was doing to elijah but elijah was known for the fire of god so i want you to think about this for a moment elijah is a picture and type of revival he was known for revival fire holy ghost fire and repentance And what was the great enemy of Elijah? Jezebel. So I'm going to connect this more with end time prophecy tonight than anything else. This is just what the Holy Spirit gave me. You know, people ask me sometimes, how do you get your sermons? And I'm not saying this flippantly. I ask the Lord to give me something and I just write down what he gives me. So my life is easy. I'm serious. I don't do a lot of work on sermons. I sit there laboring for hours. I mean, God just gives it to me. I write it down, and then I get up and just say what he said to tell you. And you know what? He anoints it because it's his word. (laughs) All right, so this is what God gave me. So Revelation 2.19, I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance. So Jesus was speaking here to the seven churches of Asia. These were churches the Apostle Paul planted under his ministry and um, anyway revelation 219 I know your deeds your love faith service perseverance and that your deeds of later greater than at first but I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel can one of y'all go back there and tell them to quiet down for me please but I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel so there was somebody in that church that had a jezebel spirit that was not being dealt with Are y'all hearing me tonight who calls herself a prophetess so she called herself that so she was probably known as being prophetic for some reason this spirit loves to traffic in prophetic realms and intercessory realms And this spirit will counterfeit the Holy Spirit, counterfeit revelation, and that person will be kind of clairvoyant, and they may get supernatural information, but it's from another spirit. You've got to have discernment, especially in these last days. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul? He's going along, this is the perfect example about this story right here, or this rebuke. The Apostle Paul, the story I tell you guys when I'm talking about this, about Python, but. He, he was ministering and there's a particular woman who she was a fortune teller and so they used her and she brought them in a lot of wealth because of her fortune telling and so the Apostle Paul was going along and she's following him and she's yelling out these are servants of the Most High God telling you the way to be saved so what she's saying is accurate information most people that don't have any discernment probably would have thought she was some kind of a prophet of God you cannot go by just the fact that information is accurate there could be a totally different spirit behind it this woman had what the Bible called a Python spirit but it was a spirit of divination and that's what she was operating in and Paul this was going on and paul got irritated in his spirit and he turned and commanded that spirit to come out of her in jesus name the spirit leaves and now all the people that were making all this money through her got ticked off at paul and started a riot but that's another story but anyway paul discerned that she was not a true prophet of god she was a false prophet so anyway this woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and look at this she teaches and leads my bond servants astray I don't have time to talk about bond servant and explain it all but that's a phrase out of the Torah and out of the first five books of the Bible where somebody was a willing slave and wanted to remain okay past their time they wanted to be and so these are people a bond servant in the new testament that's a reference to somebody that's totally sold out to jesus and this says here jesus is rebuking this church and saying you have not dealt with this woman in your midst she's calling herself a prophetess but she's not and her teaching that you're putting up with is leading even my bond servants astray so that they commit acts of immorality, that's sexual sin, and eat things sacrificed to idols, that's compromise in their life. He said, I gave her time to repent and she does not want to repent. Sadly, 99% of the time, for whatever reason, you give people to have a Jezebel spirit space to repent, most of them don't wanna repent. I guess they don't wanna give up the power they think they have. But he said she would not repent behold I this is Jesus speaking I will throw her onto a bed of sickness there's something about sickness and health problems connected to Jezebel and those who commit adultery with her and that means that they're influenced by her they're under her influence by committing adultery and so in the Bible adultery is like idolatry they're unfaithful to Jesus because of this spirit does that make sense all right, those that are committing adultery, he said, I will send them into great tribulation. In other words, I'm going to send great trials into their life because they're putting up with this spirit. Y'all following me? Unless they repent of her deeds. You know, there's a, there's a group right now in the body of Christ that are teaching against Repentance. They're teaching people, it's hyper grace, that Jesus died for your sins, past, present, and future, so there's no need to repent. It's a false teaching. But doesn't it fly in the face of this right here that we're all reading? Jesus said, unless they repent, and he's speaking to the church. He said, I will kill her children with pestilence. So in other words, there's sickness that leads to death. And all the churches will know that I am the one who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one according to your deeds. But I say to the rest of you that are in Thyatira who do not not hold to this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan as they call them, I place no other burden on you. Nevertheless, what you have hold fast till I come. In other words, don't you compromise. You hold on. You know, that's something that I just feel this tonight, but I, I have been so grieved, you know, at what I've been seeing. My wife and I have seen this over a period of time, but there's there's things that are being permitted today in the church world that would have never been permitted when I was growing up. It just would not have been permitted. There's language, there's all kinds of, of mark in the body, there's there's uh, drinking alcohol, there's all these things that have come in, worldliness, worldly entertainment. Um, people are out clubbing and barring on Friday and come to church on Sunday type stuff it's all kinds of garbage God hates it and I'm gonna tell you something and I believe this in my heart it's a Jezebel spirit that are leading people astray into immorality and into things that compromise godly convictions something in this uh, spirit of this world is is turning people and they're putting up with stuff that they never would have before and um, as a pastor i'm not saying this arrogantly but other preachers you're going to stand before god and give an account if you're too much of a wimp and a coward to tell people the truth all right anyway so here are some things that i felt like i needed to share again the jezebel spirit is way too deep of a subject and For me to cover in one sermon. I wrote a book on it. If you're really interested. Go to our website. You can read the book for free. But it is an in-depth study on this. Derek Prince said that. You have to understand the strong men. And I really love Derek Prince. I recommend his writings. But anyway. He was saying that when you're dealing with things. You've got to understand the strong man. And he was going through different nations. That have different strong men over them and when he dealt with America he said the strongman over America is rebellion well that's not hard to figure out now you know but he said that many many years ago he said the strongman over America is rebellion and he said the reason that it got such a foothold in it goes back to when America rebelled against Britain and there was the great um, you know our Revolutionary War now I believe that we needed to see that happen okay but nonetheless there was kind of a rebellious spirit that came in that shouldn't have come in you know but the Bible says rebellion is as witchcraft and now you're dealing with a Jezebel spirit rebellion is a major door for a Jezebel spirit God hates rebellion and then the Bible Lucifer was lifted up with pride that led to rebellion And also not only was Lucifer led in pride that led to rebellion, but also Adam and Eve rebelled. And so what we're dealing with here is something that God hates. So rebellion in America, we're seeing all kinds of a breakdown and destruction of families that go back to rebellion because you've got men that are refusing to rise up And be the leaders of their family that God's called them to be. They're rebelling from that. You've got wives that refuse to submit unto their husband and everything as unto the Lord. And they're rebelling from that. And you've got children in rebellion. So you have this stronghold of rebellion in the home. And because of that, you're seeing widespread divorce and destruction of families. And it all goes back to rebellion. So a church is only as strong and healthy as the families that make it up it's like the cell of a body all of your cells need to be healthy for you to have a healthy body in the same way in this nation if all the different families are in disarray and rebellion and being destroyed it weakens the nation you see but what you're seeing is disorder things are out of order division and dishonor toward authority And until people are willing to really truly repent of this to deal with it and repent but I'm just gonna tell you that just from my experience it is not easy to get people to truly repent of this it's a serious issue so you're dealing with the breakdown the destruction of families and also Jezebel the spirit of Jezebel not only has to do rebellion and it has to do with things being out of order and destroyed but it also has to do with gender confusion and sexual immorality. And you're, so you're seeing in our nation things that are out of order, divided, there's a disrespect. Um, look at what, just one example would be, the, you know, look at what the president's having to deal with. All the disrespect and dishonor toward authority, it's a rebellious spirit but also not only are you dealing with that just blatant rebellion, things out of order but you're dealing with all this confusion and part of that confusion is gender confusion and sexual immorality and this, this is strongly rooted in a Jezebel spirit also a Jezebel spirit has to do with the occult so the rise of witchcraft and Satanism and divination and sorcery and all of that necromancy, all that is, is coming up but here's what has happened in America rebellion has been there that's given the place to a Jezebel spirit now and when Jezebel came in now you're dealing with all kinds of things out of order confusion all kinds of rampant immorality the rise of the occult and it also has to do with bloodshed um one of Jezebel and and even in the Bible they've They've gone back and studied this out that part of the occult that Jezebel practiced had to do with sacrificing babies. And so the rise of abortion in this land also is a direct result of a Jezebel spirit in this nation. And I assure you Jezebel does not want that to stop and whenever you start dealing with with the opportunity for that to stop what happens you all kinds of manifestations of a jezebel spirits are stirring up and also as we know the ungodly control that's there a jezebel will try to exert all kinds of control they may be really hateful and mean and try to hurt people to control them or they'll be overly nice and you know try to manipulate that way even even possibly seductive to try to control but you cannot put up with any control whatsoever in your life people that are trying to control you that is a Jezebel spirit also Jezebel as I've already mentioned has a lot to do with counterfeit revelation so the occult revelation that comes where you're getting revelation from another source it's a demonic source I've had to deal with that it's a Python spirit and I've had to confront that in some people so again let me read over this the rebellion things out of order the confusion now I'm leading into something about the end times okay I believe the reason why these things are becoming so pervasive and exploding is because it's a direct Um, fulfillment of end-time prophecy because the whole when you read Revelation it's all going to culminate with Revelation 17 talks about the false prophet coming to power and it talks about what the false prophet what does it talk about there the horror of Babylon which is Jezebel and then that prepares the way The rise of the false prophet prepares the way for the rise of the Antichrist, who's a political figure. So the false prophet is more of a, like a spiritual leader, but he's going to be very powerful in the occult. And so what we're seeing is you're seeing everything starting to really move that way. And people don't realize it but because they don't want to listen to godly counsel and listen to the church and the church is over there telling them stay away from the occult but because they want to dabble in the occult and they want to watch occult movies and they want to play occult games and they want to flirt with the occult over and over and over they don't realize that they're opening themselves up to the demonic realm and when the false prophet comes to power he's going to exert that power over them hello and they're not going to even know what's happening so let me just read this again rebellion disorder confusion and isn't it interesting that Babel means confusion so Babylon means confusion sexual immorality the occult bloodshed ungodly control counterfeit revelation I believe Jezebel really came to power in America during the time the Clintons were in office I've studied this out I believe this is true I really do I believe up until that time it was not so pervasive but when the Clintons came to power it really came in very powerfully under their time there and they were very pro-abortion you can just look at their marriage there's obviously a Jezebel and Ahab influence there all right but here's another tactic of Jezebel to assassinate the prophets remember how Jezebel tried to kill the prophets let me tell you I'm not just referring here to actual fivefold ministry prophets I believe the Jezebel spirit in America wants to silence anybody that's gonna get up and tell the truth and they're like a John the Baptist. there's somebody that's going to preach the truth uncompromisingly it's like the the prophetic voice of the Lord calling people to repentance preaching the whole counsel of God it's that type of ministry that the Jezebel spirit wants to silence that the Jezebel spirit will try to discredit the opposition and I encourage people if you want to study and understand end time prophecy look into the spirit of Leviathan study the Antichrist spirit and study Jezebel because they're key players in end time prophecy so I got to move on But as the false prophet begins to come to power, the Bible kind of gives us some things I want you to see. In Exodus chapter seven, verse 10, many of you remember this, but God told Moses and Aaron to go to Pharaoh and I'm just gonna read it to you and they did just as the Lord commanded and Aaron threw his staff, his rod, he threw it down on the ground before Pharaoh and his servants and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. And so here's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with occultists. You understand? These are people that knew the dark arts. So they're using witchcraft. And they stood before Moses and these magicians, these occultists were able to do the same thing through the dark arts. So I want you to see this tonight. The Bible never negates the fact that there's going to be revelation and there's gonna be power that Satan gives people that's gonna come from another source. The Bible tells us that. He warns us of that. That's why we have to test the spirits. Just because somebody is seeing miracle signs and wonders does not always mean it's God. Sometimes it can be demonic. Demonic so Pharaoh used these sorcerers they come in to do the same thing and but then it says that Aaron's staff that snake that of Aaron's staff ate theirs so God was showing his power over the devil right there okay and let me show you one more in 2nd Kings chapter 3 verse 24 But when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites arose and struck the Moabites. So Israel was going to war here against Moab. Now Moab was known for witchcraft. Do you remember how the Moabite king, his name was Balak, that he was the one that hired all those years before this, many years ago, but he was the one that hired Balaam to come in and try to stand up on a hill and curse Israel. You remember that story? So Moab has always been known as a nation that practiced black magic and witchcraft, okay? So look at this story because a lot of people have never noticed this in the Bible. The Israelites arose and they began to strike the Moabites. They were going to war. Their military was going in and conquering. And Moab fled before them. And when they went toward or forward into the land, slaughtering the Moabites, Thus they destroyed the cities. Each one threw a stone on every good piece of good land and filled it. So they stopped up the springs of water. They cut down the good trees until that city only they left its stones. However, the slingers went about and struck it. And look at this, verse 26 When the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him, He took 700 men who drew the swords to break through to the king of Edom, but they could not. Then he took his oldest son who was to reign in his place and offered him as a burnt offering on the wall. This was human sacrifice. And look at this, the result of this king performing this satanic ritual, human sacrifice. Look at what happened. And there came great wrath against Israel and they departed from him and returned to their land I bet you most people have never even really read that so in other words this king as a last ditch desperate act this is somebody that would have known about the dark arts he knew the power of these things that he offered up his son as a human sacrifice and when he did it released some kind of a spiritual wrath against the the military force of Israel And it it began to push them back some and they departed and went home. Isn't that interesting? So God has never hid this stuff from us. He gives us this in the scriptures. He wants us to see that there is some power in these things. But you gotta understand something now. We're living on the other side of the cross and we've got the name of jesus we've got the blood of jesus over us we've got the armor of god and when the enemy tries to release great wrath we can rise up as a group and begin to drive that back amen but i'm just wanting you to see that these things are in the bible because as we're moving into end time prophecy i want you to understand that there's going to be a lot of power encounters satan is going to have his servants satan's going to have his people that have some kind of an occult power about them and it's going to have to be that god's people rise up in greater power in jesus name all right second timothy chapter three starting with verse one look at some of these end time prophecies but realize this that in the last days difficult times will come we're living in the last days guys I want y'all to really understand this. And when you go back and you read these scriptures to begin to think about it, this is talking about the day that I live in. And so, what this actually says in the Greek here in the last days will be difficult times. The Greek word there for difficult implies fierce. How many of you guys have ever walked upon some kind of maybe a dog that was very angry, his teeth were showing? hair was sticking up he was about to attack you I've had those situations. it was like a fierce animal the Bible says the last days would be fierce and it says now it's given the description and you're seeing like circling the toilet bowl you're seeing humanity going down 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 into greater depravity immorality Okay, listen to what it says. It's describing humanity circling the bowl right here. Men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful and arrogant. We see that today? Revilers. Disobedient to parents. That right there, disobedient to parents, just blatant rebellion. That's what it is. Ungrateful. Unholy. Unloving. Irreconcilable malicious gossips god hates gossip without self-control brutal haters of good treacherous reckless conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god yes what you're seeing out there you're seeing people that they want all this stuff they want drugs to be legal they want all their sexual immorality they want they want everything to be whatever they want that's supposedly going to make them feel good. They want to get high. They want to sleep, whoever they want to. Do whatever they want to, whenever they want to. It's all about gratifying their selfish, perverted desires. Lovers of their own pleasures rather than lovers of God. And the more in our nation that people are getting into the drug use, the sexual immorality, and messing around with the occult, the more they're getting enslaved to the demonic spirits of this present age. And the more that they're going to be susceptible to the rise of the false prophet and the Antichrist. And look at this though. Now this is interesting. In verse five, it says, they hold to a form of godliness, although they deny its power. And it says, avoid such men as these. Now when you read that, That right there does not need to be just glossed over. That needs to be meditated on. As the Bible says to avoid those people. There are people out there in this day that we're living, there's like a counterfeit form of Christianity that's already been in our nation for decades, but it's really starting to come to power. There's a group of people out there that profess to be Christians, but their Christianity requires no new birth. They're not born again okay so number one it requires no repentance of sin whatsoever they're not repenting and number three they do not hold to the Bible as the infallible Word of God it's a counterfeit Christianity that is totally fine with things like homosexuality abortion it's very liberal these people hold to some kind of a form of godliness but they deny the power of God unto salvation through Jesus Christ. They are not born of God. The Bible says avoid them. And then look at what Paul says, because I read to you earlier about Moses' power encounter with Pharaoh. I want you to think about this tonight. You have Moses and Aaron coming in the power of God. Follow me tonight. They're coming in the power of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders. God told him, you take your rod and throw it down. I'm gonna turn it into a serpent, pick it back up. So Moses and Aaron come in the power of the Holy Spirit. They lift up their rod, they're bold. They're speaking to a king, but the most powerful nation on the earth, that king. And they're saying, God, the God of Abraham says, you let those people go and he gives you this sign today and they throw it down it turns into a snake but now pharaoh takes his little witches over here and sends them out and what what we have here is a power encounter between the power of god and the power of satan the demonic and it's open it's in front of everybody there it's a power encounter And I say this in love, but we're living in a time in American Christianity where there's a lot of people out there that there's not enough Holy Ghost power. You gather it all that they got and gather it all up at one time. If it was to explode, it wouldn't be enough to blow their nose. Let alone for them to stand up against some kind of a witch or warlock that's coming in the power of the demonic realm. You know it to be true. But look at this right here, 2 Timothy 3, verse 6. Now, he's talking about in the last days, and he gives all this stuff about humanity circling the toilet. And then he says, they hold to a form of godliness, avoid him. Look at this, verse 6. For among them are those who enter households and captive, or captivate weak women, weighed down by sins, led on by various impulses, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, they lead people into sin. They're leading people astray but look at this then it goes into verse 8 and he says just as Janus and jambres opposed moses you know what he's referring to he's talking about they're the witches that threw down their rods and it became snakes and they opposed moses paul is talking about the last days that there's going to be a conflict of power here we better be clothed with the power of god and if we are, the enemy is going to flee. But people that don't have the power of God, they're going to be intimidated. So he says, here, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, these men also opposed the truth. Men of depraved minds, rejected in regards to the faith, but they will not make further progress for their folly will be obvious to all just as Janus and Jambres' folly was also and some bible scholars believe and it probably is true that janice and jambres were actually the sons of balaam those that remember balaam the one that tried to curse israel and they served in pharaoh's court and they were his magicians i'm going somewhere with this guys we're about to get in the book of revelation i'm just trying to get you there but there's going to be power encounters I'm saying this for your benefit but I remember there was a time that I was praying for people in, in a line and there was a girl that it was obviously something demonic was getting stirred up in her and thank God that God had baptized me in the Holy Ghost and there's an anointing because the devil is not scared of you he's scared of the anointing you see Anyway, I was going through praying for people and God was really touching people. Some people, you know, falling under the power power and, and and some were being baptized in the Holy Spirit and all that. And I get to this girl and I'm praying for her, and I felt that there was something there, but something was rising up. And I remember standing there, and the Holy Spirit just helps you in those times, okay? Now I remember taking authority in Jesus' name. I break the power, and as soon as I said this girl goes up in the air, flying back, hits the ground, starts screaming bloody murder. And as I command that demon to come out of her, it came out with a high-pitched scream. What I'm saying is, is that was a power encounter. That demonic wanted to come up against me, but greater is he that's in me. It's not me, it's the one in us, okay? The Holy Ghost, greater is he than any demonic spirit. But we better be filled with the spirit and clove with power. See, that's what I was talking about earlier we need the baptism in the holy ghost god has not changed the church world may backslide and get worldly but god hasn't changed you know jesus told the disciples in, in acts one eight. remember this jesus has been appearing to them after he raised from the dead he's standing there talking to him and he says no guys you don't just go out doing stuff you go wait in jerusalem until you're clothed with power you know, if I could paraphrase it, Jesus was saying, "Look guys, I had to be clothed with power at the River Jordan before I started my ministry. You go wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power." In Luke 24:49, Jesus was talking to him, and he said that the Holy Spirit, he said, "You will be clothed with power from on high, okay? so they go into Jerusalem we know the story they're praying the day of Pentecost comes what happens this is the birth of the church how was the church born at a potluck dinner was it maybe a barbecue at Peter's house no they were in prayer and fasting and seeking God and the Holy Spirit fell the Holy Spirit came in like a rushing mighty wind They were filled with the Spirit, clothed with power, just like Jesus said, they began to speak in tongues. That's how the church was birthed. That was never intended to stop. In fact, they were clothed with so much power and they went out preaching the gospel that even Peter's shadow, when he walked down the street and there were sick people, even his shadow went over him, they were healed. We need that clothing of power. All right. In Second Thessalonians two one, now Paul's referring here. This is one of his earlier writings, but there was so much persecution against the early church. There wasn't any fake Christians back then. You understand, because they were being, you know, killed for their faith. Okay, that that weeds out. <coughs> any hypocrisy whenever you're going to die, right? That just, so people were dying though because of their faith and so they were concerned about it and Paul was addressing this issue. He says, now we request you brethren with regard to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering unto him that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or disturbed either by a spirit. Now this is interesting what type of spirit here is Paul referring to something was attacking them something was trying to get them in fear and he's referring to an evil spirit here he says don't be disturbed by any spirit or any message or any letter as if from us in other words we didn't write any letter there was obviously some forged letter but we didn't write it to the effect look, listen to what people were saying somebody forged a letter from Paul saying the Lord already came And paul said i better deal with this so he writes this letter and he says they wrote it to the effect that the day of the lord has come let no one in any way deceive you for the day of the lord it will not come unless the apostasy comes first now let's stop there because i need to say this this is the best translation i've seen of this greek word it's the greek word apostasia some translators translate it as a great rebellion others as a great falling away, which is a good translation. But the apostasy, what an apostate is, is this. Somebody that is apostate means that they walked with Jesus, they called themselves a Christian, they, they were going to church, they lived a Christian life, but at some point, they turned their back completely on the Lord, they have renounced it, and now they're living a different way. That's an apostate. And the Bible says the day of the Lord will not come until there is that great falling away, that great sifting. There's several people that I would have never thought in a million years that at one time knew the Lord that are not Christians anymore. You understand what I'm saying? In the day that we're living, there's people that are falling away from the faith. Now they're an atheist now they're a witch now they're a homosexual whatever lifestyle they choose but they have renounced christ and i believe that this is actually end time prophecy because the tares are being separated from the wheat all right so paul said there would be a falling away that would come first we're starting to see that right now in our lifetime And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, that's the Antichrist. We haven't seen him revealed yet, but he's probably out there among us somewhere. But he says about the Antichrist in verse four, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. So there's coming a third temple in Jerusalem. There has to be, the Bible's clear. And there's coming a time during the tribulation that the Antichrist in all of his arrogance is actually gonna sit in that temple and call himself God and demand people to worship him as God. That's halfway through the tribulation. And Paul says in verse five, do you not remember that while I was with you, I kept telling you these things? Verse six, and you know who restrains him now so that in his time he will be revealed. Listen, God is in control of when all of this is gonna unfold. God has restraining forces against Satan. The enemy cannot do just anything he wants to do when he wants to do it. There's something restraining the rise of this Antichrist until the right time. Verse seven, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work lawlessness implies rebellion against authority let me say that again lawlessness is rebellion against authority God is the ultimate authority but even established authority the rebellion of the authority in the home established in the husband the rebellion of the authority in the church the rebellion of authority in society it's lawlessness And Paul's showing us that there would be this mystery of lawlessness revealed in the latter days. Okay, anyway. Then the lawless one will be revealed. This is the Antichrist, who the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring an end by the appearance of his coming. So see, Satan gives his best shot. Satan raises up the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the best shot he's got. He gives him his throne. He's gathered the nations under him. And he's even to the point that he's you know, sitting in a temple declaring himself to be God. But when Jesus comes, Jesus isn't even going to have to do hand-to-hand combat. He's just going to slay him with the breath of his mouth. He's going to be thrown alive. Those that's read Revelation, the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be thrown alive into the lake of fire. All right. But here's what I wanted to get to, verse 9. The one who's coming, this is the Antichrist, the one who's coming is in accordance with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders. Don't gloss over that. Everybody say that, with power and false wonders. So you're going to see these signs and wonders that are satanic again another reference here to power encounters it goes back to the story of Moses Moses throws down his rod the witches come and do the same it's a power encounter a clash verse 10 and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love for the truth so as to be saved I want to love the truth people are going to hate the truth before jesus comes they're going to hate that we as christians believe jesus is the only way they're going to hate what the bible says about this that and the other and you're going to be persecuted because you stand with god and you stand with the bible but i want to love the truth verse 11 for this reason god will send them a deluding influence so that they will believe what's false, in order that they may all be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. I can just see that God sent preacher after preacher, prophet after prophet. These people heard it on radio, they heard it on the internet, they heard it on television, their neighbor witnessed to him over and over and over. God tried to speak to him, they hated it, they hated the truth, they didn't want to hear it. So God says, Finally, fine. He just sends them over to a delusion, they're given over. this is what i wanted to get to and close with this this rise of this jezebel spirit that jezebel spirit has a lot to do with witchcraft in the occult see the word occult means hidden there's something about this what i'm about to tell you you know just like there can be sexual lusts there can be like an occult lust where people start messing with it and they begin to have like a lust for darkness for that magic for that power whatever that is they begin to kind of lust for it and it's like a dark spiritual lust for darkness for satanic power and as people yield to that more and more and more they're being given over to that more and more and more and when the false prophet rises to power they're just going to kind of just be taken over by that so revelation 13 11 warns us then i saw another beast coming out of the earth now the beast out of the earth is the false prophet the beast out of the sea is the antichrist so we're talking about the false prophet the false prophet had two horns like a lamb but he spoke like a dragon so the false prophet is going to look like he represents Jesus Christ man I hope you guys are really getting this tonight because I'm trying to read these things out for you and show you the false prophet is going to somehow be connected to that counterfeit Christianity that requires no new birth no adherence to the Word of God no repentance of sin but yet they call themselves Christians how many times have we seen that in the political realm a bunch of heathens that don't know God from a hole in the ground but yet I'm a Christian they're only saying it to get in political power there's something about it that's this counterfeit Christianity but the Bible tells us that we're to know people by their fruit all right anyway this false prophet remember this he will look like a lamb he's gonna look like a Christian he's going to represent somehow he's going to be representing christianity or jesus christ or something like that like for example maybe a pope or somebody like that okay but he spoke as a dragon who's the dragon satan so the devil's speaking through this man even though he looks like a christian he's actually the voice of satan In verse 12, he exercises all the authority of the first beast, that's the Antichrist. And he makes the earth and those who dwell in it worship the Antichrist, whose fatal wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even making fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. So imagine this guy. I mean, he's like some kind of a very adept, occultist somebody that's a master of the occult similar to Pharaoh's magicians here that he can stand there maybe lift up a rod or lift up his hands and cause lightning to form and shoot to the ground at his command in front of people you ask how many people are going to be deceived by that because they don't know God and they don't know to test the spirits verse 14 And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given him to perform in the presence of the Antichrist, the beast. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the Antichrist. So he's the one that's telling people to make this image unto the Antichrist and to worship that image. Who had been wounded by the sword and come back to life. And it was given him, To give breath to this image of the beast so that the image could speak and cause as many as do not worship the image to be killed so this thing he's going to create some kind of an idol is he's going to be able to put some kind of a demonic spirit in it that it speaks and everybody that doesn't bow down and worship that thing is going to be killed and he causes all the small and the great the rich and poor the free and the slave to be given a mark on their right hand or their forehead and he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark and it is the number 666 so this mark on the right hand or the forehead is going to be mandatory it's going to be an economic mark you're not going to be able to buy or sell without it so you would listen should the Lord tarry and this happened before the catching away of the remnant bribe I think you would be shocked at how many sell out Christians are going to take the mark. I really do. People that go to church right now and they profess Christianity but really they're not really sold out. And when it comes down to it, I don't think they would refuse the mark. So 1 Timothy 4.1 But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding branding iron men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from certain foods which God has created to be gratefully shared by those who receive them for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it was received with gratitude and sanctified by the word of God in prayer I've said this many times but as I read over this it says they forbid marriage Paul you have to understand Paul was prophesying this back in the first century and he was looking down his like a prophetic telescope to the last days and some of these things were pretty amazing the predictions but it says here that they forbid marriage and I can't help but think about the catholic church and how it forbids marriage with clergy and then he then he rebukes this he says, abstaining from certain foods which god has created and i can't help but think about those that that are judaizers that are trying to tell people if you don't eat kosher you're not right with god you're not going to heaven hello isn't it interesting that there's these groups that are very religious and they have a form of godliness but they deny the power of god unto salvation And Paul's trying to warn us in these latter days: Don't get sucked into deception. It is going to be by faith in Christ that you're going to be saved. Now, as I close this out, I just I mainly want to get into the end times. But this Jezebel spirit, it's at work right now. It is Revelation 17's whore of Babylon. It's promoting all kinds of confusion witchcraft rebellion against authority sexual immorality all kinds of gender confusion it's the it is the principal spirit behind abortion it is the principal spirit behind destroying families and we got to be aware of it because the bible shows us in the book of revelation that this thing would rise to power in the last days and we're living in the time that this spirit has really come to power and I believe in the days to come there's going to be a confrontation between God's people of power and Satan's people of occult power there's going to be more and more of a confrontation a clashing of those forces and we need to be clothed with power we're living in a time guys I think that you know this but we need a fresh anointing we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost that's one of the things that's in my heart at this Pentecost conference we're going to be doing every year is that people are baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need it. we need it. that is a significant there's a clothing of power and we need that empowerment and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be bold in the Holy Spirit, to operate in the gifts, it is going to be this power that is in our lives that's going to cause us to overcome the power of the evil one when we're confronted with it and just remember as I close this out we're, we're about to shut down recordings but what marked Elijah's life the power of God think about it for a moment of all the other prophets what really stood out about Elijah he called down fire It was like when you describe Elijah, you're describing revival fire, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire, so to speak, you know, like like an anointing. It was that spirit of Elijah, if you will, that ended up destroying Jezebel and pulling that thing down. It was a clash there, of spiritual forces of darkness operating through Jezebel and her false prophets. And that's what we need because Elijah, when he dealt with this, he was coming up against a Jezebel spirit. And this was a powerful spirit. And she had all these false prophets. But he gathered them to Mount Carmel and he rebuilt an altar there that used to be to God, but Jezebel tore it down. He re- rebuilt it back up. And we all know the story. He had all of her false prophets and her little witches and occultists and those that operate in those type of dark arts. He had them try to conjure something up and nothing would work god just shut him down man nothing would work and he started making fun of him he started saying things like well maybe if you're louder maybe Baal fell asleep you know and he's making fun of them and then next thing you know he says here's what i want you to do i want you to pour a bunch of water on this offering because i don't want you to think it's something something like i'm doing like i got some match over here or something you know i want you to keep soaking it with water real good and then he prayed his god and the fire fell and just i mean consumed that thing and the people fell on their face and it was a power encounter and now the spirit of god came upon elijah and he went through and killed all those false prophets he was cleaning house god was using him to clean house again power encounter so Lord we just close this out with prayer Lord we pray in these latter days for whatever reason some out there may reject it I have no idea why they don't like certain portions in the Bible but Lord here in River of Life all I can say is as for me and my house Lord we ask you to pour out your Holy Ghost we ask you to baptize us with fire Lord clothe us with power we want to be Matthew 25 wise virgins with extra oil Lord, we want to be clothed with power from on high that when we're faced with things in the future that we're going to overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it's not by our human might or our human efforts, or human power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord, that these things would take place. Or give us victory in the power of the Holy Ghost. And thank you, Lord, for this word tonight. Help it to get in us and change us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.